Father, we just want to thank you once again for this time. Time of the word. Father, we just want to lay aside every distraction. Father, we don't want to be like Martha, worried and concerned and distracted about many things. We want to be like Mary, who did that one thing, sitting at your feet and learning from you. And beginning with me, O Lord, all of us, we sit at your feet. You are our rabbi. And therefore, Holy Spirit, teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Lead us into the way of everlasting life. And Lord, the Holy Spirit, write the laws of God in the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. To that end, I pray that you anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled um, today's uh, teaching as sensual or spiritual, sensual or spiritual. Now, the word sensual is not necessarily bad, okay? When we're saying sensual, uh, it's, some, it's got to do with the senses and the most important sense, I mean, um, we, do, we of course, we have a taste, we have eyes, we have ears, we have touch, we have nose, etc. But the one thing, one hardware in our body which interprets all these inputs is our brain. So the brain is the biggest sensor. Okay, that's, if you don't, if you don't have this, we don't have anything else. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, this is what Paul has to tell, uh, he uh, uh, speaks about the difference between a sensual man, whom he calls the natural man, and the spiritual man. This is what he says. But the natural man does not, or the sensual man, natural man, the one who is devoid of the spirit, the one who is predominantly of the intellect or of the senses or of the flesh, okay, of the of the carnal pleasures, okay? That man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. He doesn't have the capacity to even understand the things of the Spirit. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Alright, so this is what he says. The, and in fact, there are three kinds of uh, believers. There's the fleshly believer, there's a sensual believer and the spiritual believer. Distinct. We're not going to go into the details of that. But Paul says, primarily, if you, if you look at uh, two kinds of people, people who are sensual, and that, that's exactly what uh, Paul also says to Peter, to, to Timothy, he says, in the last days, people will be lovers of pleasure. Sensual, given to sensuality. And then he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1 onwards, this is what he says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, as to babies in Jesus Christ. In other words, you could be in Christ and as long as you are a baby in Christ, you're still carnal. You're still not spiritual. Okay. And therefore he says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. You know, one of the 
things that we, uh, when, when, when pastor was dedicating our Kezia, you know, uh, one lesson I've learned when I was growing up, my, one of my mentors, uh, in my growing up days taught me, he had a son, his name was Joshua, when we were, when we were studying on campus. And then, uh, he lifted up his son to me, just maybe one, uh, two or three weeks old son. And he looked at him and he said, Vijay, do you look my, look at my son? He says, yes, uh, yes, Shibu, Anna. And he says, you know, Vijay, look how tender he is. One of the things that you should learn from babies is that keep your conscience tender like them. And the other thing is that from now onwards, he's in my hands and he can be molded. Be moldable and malleable. Okay. I never forget that. You know, these are graphic lessons, no? <laughs> okay, it's because <laughs> never forget in my life. So we, I look at Kezia and that lesson just comes back to my mind. You know, I want to keep my conscience. That is the reason why he says, unless and until you're converted like what? Little children, you cannot become. Uh, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And, and the other thing also he says, in as far as evil is concerned, be little children. But as far as spiritual things are concerned, be men. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 20. You don't have to, I didn't put it here, but understand this. So when we're talking about uh, babies, we're not talking about babies like that. We're talking about babies in Christ. And he says, these are the people who are people of the senses. They're carnal. They're not spiritual. And why are they not spiritual? I'm saying, when I'm saying senses, we're not talking about necessarily sensual. I mean, senses meaning, we'll talk about, there are different kinds of senses. There is the senses which God gives us in the natural. And there's also senses God gives us in the spirit. And those things which we'll look at today. Romans chapter 8 will say, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God because it does not subject to the law of God and indeed it cannot. But once a believer or once we become a Christian, we are not people who walk by senses. We are people who walk by faith or which we call the spirit. And that is one of the reasons why, I mean, we constantly keep on reiterating this one word, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You see, if you were there yesterday in yesterday's teaching, you know, Pastor was talking about walking. Walking is a natural thing. We do it. You know, it's it comes automatically for us to us once we uh, become uh, slightly bigger. The baby flips, and then he starts to walk. He becomes an inverted pendulum, and then slowly he learns to walk, right? And once he walks, he's practiced. His neural networks have trained themselves to 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 uh, control or uh, uh, stabilize the center of gravity, if you will, <laughs> naturally he is able to walk. In, and th- that's something which happens naturally, normally to him. Okay, Walk is something like that. Spiritual walk. What you are when all the guards are down. Okay. That is who you really are. Okay, That is your walk. Walk to the pulpit. Walk to the church office. <laughs> walk to the gym. Walk to the Kirana shop. My attitude towards the guy in the Kirana shop, etc. Okay. Everything is a walk. Okay. This is, this is essentially what I do 
as habit. What I do as? Habit. In 3 John, this is what John has to say. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Full stop. No. Comma. Just as your soul prospers. And then he says, for I, for I rejoice greatly, greatly when brothers came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you, what? Walk in the truth. You see that? It's a practice that you have, over a period of time, gained the skill of walking in truth. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are in the USA. No. Uh, it doesn't say that. Uh, children are in uh, MIT, Harvard, uh, Yale. No. It, no greater joy. No, I'll tell you something. No, Convocation is the biggest day for parents, not for children. Okay, Parents. Convocation day. Mera bacha banda ban gaya. That is the day for all the parents. Okay. All our investments finally have come to fruition. No? So it gives them great joy because finally you graduated from a top school. Let's say. Here, but you know what John says? It does not give me greater joy than to see my children living a lifestyle of truth. You see, that is a true spiritual father. You know, John is the one who started late, at least uh, what biblical uh, uh, historians, uh, or New Testament historians talk about. He was the one who started late because he was taking care of Jesus' mother. And then over a period of time, he got it. And then he wrote the last few books of the New Testament, including the Gospel according to John. And he's, this is what he says. Walk in truth. And he talks, this is the apostle of love. Okay, and he talks about walking in truth. You cannot be the apostle of love unless and until you are the apostle of truth. It's impossible. Okay, and then he again goes on to say in 1 John chapter 2, look at what he says. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. You see that? You know, we sing that song, he walked where I walked, and we don't say, we walk where he walked. No, uh, that, that is a very difficult uh, part of the song to sing. We don't uh, write it in, into song, no, but the old hymn writers, uh, they en- en- ensured that they grafted those lyrics into their, into their song. So, this walk is very difficult. You know, you see, this is not easy. It is over a period of time, constantly not getting offended, get taking correction, and keeping on that straight and narrow path, this is a habit. No, um, what's his name? Alan Redpath makes this powerful statement. He says, a convert is a miracle of a movement. Convert is a miracle of a movement. But a saint is a manufacturer of a lifetime. Convert is a miracle of a movement. But a saint is a manufacturer of a lifetime. It is a lifetime of obedience. It is a deposit of obedience over a long period of time. You see, when time is, that is the reason why geography, as they say, geography, geo, not geography, geography, geology. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Elsa. Geology is, a, is, is the study of pressure and time. It's pressure and time. Diamonds are made because they withstand what? Pressure. It's just carbon atoms. Alright? So, it's a long obedience in that one single direction. It's a walk. Alright? 
Those who wait on the Lord will mount up on wings like eagles. That is easy. They will run and not grow weary. Not easier. Then they will what? Walk and not faint. Look at the progress over there. That is the progress. Where it becomes a part of you. You see? The children of Israel were brought on eagle's wings out of Egypt. But you know what? They refused to walk with God. Only one or three of them walked with God. And this is a process. And it, it is, it is, see, you, you can say there's a believer. Believer becomes a disciple. And a disciple ultimately becomes what God wants him to be if he continues in the path of, path of discipleship. And you can give up somewhere down in the middle and say, you know, this is too much. That's exactly what happened in John's Gospel chapter 6 to some of Jesus' disciples, not followers. Look at what it says. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. You think the walk with Jesus Christ? Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. Everybody walked. They all walked with God. You think it's easy? Can two walk together unless they are agreed? And you know what Jesus says? Of all the families of the earth, you only have I known and therefore what will I do? I will punish you for your iniquities. You know, to become a believer, it's not an easy thing, okay? So the flesh is against you. The world is against you. Devil is against you. God is also against you. I mean, in that sense, because he constantly disciplines you. Okay. (laughs) Understand that. Then, then, then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? He gives that op- uh, option to the, to the other uh, twelve disciples. And of course we have eleventh fellow who is a thief. Hebrews chapter 10, the just shall live by faith. Romans chapter, Romans talks about who the just are. Galatians chapter, Galatians talks about how do they live. And Hebrews says they live by Faith. And look at what it says. For yet a little while. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. He's coming. He's coming, 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 coming. Alright. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone, what? Draws back. My soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. You see that? But to those who believe to the saving of the soul. So this... You want to walk with God? Okay. God is a spirit. And therefore he says in Genesis chapter 6, I will not contend with flesh because I will not contend with man anymore because he also is flesh. God will not contend with with flesh. The, the flesh is enmity against God, against the spirit and spirit is again against the, against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. And therefore, what should we do? We should put to death the deeds of the flesh. No, we're not looking, looking at that. Today, we want to look at how should can one graduate from being a sensual, intellectual, carnal believer to a spiritual believer? How should one graduate? How can one graduate? It says in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14, <clears throat> this is what it says. But solid food belongs to those who are f- of full age. That is... Those who by reason of use, if you have in your Bible, underline this, you know, this is a loaded verse, okay. I can, I, I can just give you a study on just this one verse, but I, I, I'll not go into depths, dots, too much of detail, but by reason of use. What do they do? Have their, what? Senses exercised to discern. Okay. 
The carnal mind and the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are spiritually discerned. And what has happened? A mature believer of full age was come to full age. What, what has happened? By reason of use, have their senses exercised. The word is gymnasio, from which we get the word gymnasium. Okay. To discern both what? Good and evil. Senses. What has happened? His spiritual senses have become so sharp. So sharp that when somebody is touching the hem of his garment, he says, who touched me? I mean, somebody withdrew from my account. I got an SMS. You see? Immediately, who touched me? So sensitive. See, this word reason of use is very important. Why? First lesson for all of us. Reason of use means we are all creatures of habit. What did I say? Creatures of habit. I'll give you an example, okay? One man of God give this example, I'm giving another example. Same example, okay? You come to church. But I know who's going to sit where. I can, I mean, if I'm teaching, I know exactly where Peter is going to be seated. Okay? I know exactly where Hannah and uh, Akhila is not here today, I don't know why, and uh, Rachel is going to be seated. I know exactly where Pastor James is going to, I know exactly where my wife is going to be there. I exactly know. You know what happens? People enter through the door and they take their positions. Your names are not written there, by the way. Okay? You're all creatures of habit. You have come over a period of time and settled in your positions. If, I, if I'm not preaching, I'm sitting there, nobody dares sit there. They will ask me, sir, pastor, can I sit here? Exactly. So, it's, it's there. I mean, I'm either there or next to the, next to the uh, laptop, uh, changing the, uh, the verses. We are all creatures of habit. Creatures of habit. The point though is what has happened over a period of time, we have become disciplined in the indiscipline. And I'm talking about things of the spirit. Jeremiah chapter 2, this is what it says. Jeremiah chapter 2, look at what it says. You know? How can you say I am not polluted? I have not gone after the Baals. See your way in the valley. Know what you have done. You are a swift dromedary breaking loose in her ways. A wild donkey used to the Wilderness. When you go into the forest, do you see order? No. What are you? You're a wild donkey and the word for used, you know what the word for used is? Limud. The one who's taught to be disciplined, indisciplined to the wilderness. You're a guy who's absolutely indisciplined and you're so comfortable in it. What has happened? That sniffs at the wind in her desire. You are a person given over to the senses. Like Esau. Man of the senses. Even his wife's name, Basmati. That's what he named. I mean, he married. Second wife, Basmat. From which we get the word, Basmati. His Srimati is? Basmati. Man of the senses. Okay. Given over to the senses, used to the wilderness. And this is exactly what we all have. You know, when we, 
first person, I mean, Abraham has two children, Ishmael and Isaac. Who was born first? Ishmael was born first. God rejected Ishmael and accepted Isaac, a type of the unregenerated man. Look at what God has to say about the unregenerated man. Genesis chapter 16. The angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a, what? A wild donkey of a man. That's Ishmael. Gadida. In honor of just Gadida. Kanchara Gadida. You know what Kanchara Gadida means? You know, a guy who is indisciplined donkey. Donkey, donkey, donkey. When you don't have, even it says, a donkey has to be redeemed with a lamb. <laughs> but if you can't redeem it, what should you do? Break its neck. What is the unregenerated man? You know, our we have Ishmaelites also nowadays. The other descendants of Abraham, they call themselves Hagarines. Okay. <laughs> they are quite a big race. You know what? They are one of the most stubborn people to minister to. I know Nabil Quraysh and David, if you read the testimony, four years, this guy, I was after his life, giving him reason after reason after reason after reason as to why Islam is false. Hard nut to crack. And you know what, finally, people came to him and he said, David, why do you want to waste time on this donkey of a fellow? Go and use your resources somewhere else. But you know what, he just stuck to the task. And actually he gave up. But you know the story of Nabil Qureshi, how he got converted, right? One day he was invited to a to a breakfast. And they were just about to take say grace. And Nabil says, I want to say grace. And everybody looked at him. What is this Muslim dude going to say grace with the Christian people? A bunch of Christian guys. Anyways, he said, okay, fine. Go ahead and say grace. Lord, bless this food in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And David didn't get it, no. And David's wife was even more sharp. And she looked at Nabil. Nabil, you become a believer now. You got converted. She started crying. Finally, I broke through this hard nut. But you know something? Once these guys become believers, they are stubborn on the other side. Bah! They are donkeys that side. When they come on this side, they become what? Beasts of burden, like Issachar. Burden. Have you, you should see Hatuntash, one of the online sensations. She also from a Muslim background. But now, you can smack her, do whatever you want to her. You can almost kill her. She will come back next week. Stubborn donkey, in that sense. Positively. See, See that's the reason why you know, David, would, in David would, in one of his testimonies, says, Muslims make cool Christians. That's true. Once those guys come to the truth, you can't stop them. They will give you a run for your money. See, they are on fire because they have counted the cost. You see, in North America, there are two kinds of believers, two kinds of converts. I didn't have anything. I was a waster. I lost everything. I was a bum on the streets. I met Jesus. Now I have a wife. I have a job. I have a church, I have a family, 
I have everything. And there's another kind of a believer. I had everything. I had a wife. I had a family. I had a job. I had an education. Everything was going well for me and I met Christ. That is Nabil. After that, I lost everybody. Including my own life. Was it worth it? Absolutely. You see, donkey. Flesh is a donkey. You see, Jeremiah asked this question, no? It's a rhetorical question. How can you say I'm not polluted? What are you? You're a wild donkey used to the wilderness. And then you say, all those who seek her will not weary themselves in her month. They will find her. In other words, sin, you don't have to find sin. Huh? Sin will find you. You know, your YouTube algorithms, they know your habit. They know that you are, you are, you are creatures of habit. Even though you delete all your history, your YouTube history and cookies and everything you delete, when you open YouTube, my homepage and your homepage are very different. By looking at your homepage, I know what exactly you will watch most of the time. Because you are what? Creatures of habit. Sin will find you. You don't have to find sin. Some people know. Gossip will find them. They don't have to go for news. They are reporters. <laughs> They'll come there. How, how come this guy came to know about this? It will come there. To that, those people, you know, they are like, you know, uh, one man of God said, no, white, uh, Pentecostal man of God, we are not, we are not so stuff here in our church. He says, I do not want, uh, he says, in our church, we don't encourage ladies at all to put ornaments. Why? Because they are like helipads for the enemy. Helipads for the enemy. What is helipad? Come here, come here, come here. See, see, see. I am waiting for you to come. Nicely clean helipad. So one bird will fly, will be flying and he will see. Hare Vijay. <laughs> this is his habit. I can go and rest in his nest and he will say nothing. He will enjoy. We are creatures of habit. Understand that. Creatures of habit. That is the reason why Navjot Singh Sidhu who is fighting now in in Punjab, he made a statement. He made a statement which I will remember for the rest of my life. Bad habits are like soft beds. Very easy to get in, very difficult to get out. <laughs> you can <laughs> underline that and write it. Navjot Singh Sidhu. <laughs> Bad habits are like soft beds. Very easy to get in. Very. How difficult are habits to break, isn't it? That is the reason why you cancel a H. What is there? A bit is there. You cancel a A, bit is there. If you cancel a B, it is still there. It is there. We are people of habit, my dear brothers. And look at a rhetorical question by Jeremiah. <laughs> look at what he says. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or a leopard change his spots? Then you also who are, can you also do good who are what? Accustomed, practiced and disciplined to do what? Evil. You know what word accustomed means? You know what, I'm, nowadays I'm getting very interested in words. I want to know from where each word came. Accustomed comes from the word costume. Accustomed, a costume. Meaning for example, 
for example for example in my unconverted not unconverted unconverted days before i came to the full time ministry and before i came to the church my natural costume was unironed t-shirt jeans trouser and sandals which i don't put on completely flaps coming out that is how i used to look and then of course thanks to pastor james and uh, the church now very very rarely you will find you will find me in a jeans trouser even when i come to church office on a day when i'm not, when I'm not preaching what will you find me on formal and sami also formal once i think on saturday yesterday you put on a jeans trouser that's it so we know exactly on which day you change your costume okay because you're not accustomed to it but right now i'll tell you my boss my ex boss my from triple it my supervisor i will tell you now exactly what is his attire if he's there in the lab uncollared t-shirt jeans trouser leather bata chappal even if he goes to conference he will go in the same attire of course he will take a blazer and put on on <laughs> put on that on that on the t-shirt but we see you cannot change him now the answer therefore is can you do good who are accustomed to do it devil answer is a resounding no 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 it's a rhetorical question you can change the rhetorical question into a statement the answer is no my dear brothers so what should you do as believers what practices we had we have to replace those practices with new practices you know what it is a discipline which has to be acquired over a period of time that is the reason why a convert is a miracle of a moment a saint is a manufacture of a lifetime romans chapter 13 this is what he says you know keep this mind in, uh, keep this picture in your mind accustomed what does it mean to put on a costume look at what it says in romans chapter 13 let us behave decently as in the daytime not in carousing and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery not in dissension and jealousy rather what should you do clothe yourselves put on in other words get accustomed to this new dress what is it the lord jesus christ put on the lord jesus christ and give what do not think as to how to gratify the desires of the flesh this is exactly what uh, you know what his name uh, forget his church father's name tolo lage tolo lage augustin yeah augustin augustin okay augustin was walking on the streets and a couple of children were playing and then they were screaming at each other tolo lage tolo lage tolo lage means pick up and read pick up and read i said you said what should i pick up and read and he just saw down and he saw a part of the bible a scripture and he just took the scripture it was romans chapter 13 and verse 14 was 13 and 14 behave decently as in daytime not in carousing and drunkenness not in sexual immorality and debauchery not in dissension and jealousy rather what clothe yourselves with the lord jesus christ and do not give any provision to the flesh he looked at it the spirit of the lord convicted him and he changed into a man from a sensual man to a spiritual man and one day he was walking on the streets and his girlfriend ex girlfriend was walking on the other side and he was walking he looked at her she looked at him she smiled he just nodded and he went he just went past her she was stunned 
how come this guy <laughs> ignored me? You know, when you ignore some people, they get really frustrated. This, <laughs> she said, Augustine, my friend, it is I. Augustine looked at her and said, my dear lady, it is not I anymore. It is not I. I is dead. He is gone. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get accustomed to the new dress. Very difficult. It's a process. Ephesians chapter, we'll come to the process later on. Ephesians chapter 4. You were taught with regard, verse 22 onwards, uh, to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and be made new in the what of your mind? Attitude. Position. Posture of your mind. What is the, what, what of the mind? The posture of the mind. For example, when somebody is giving you, I mean, really giving you a convicted message, what happens to you? Initial reaction is your posture stiffens. And then afterwards, you get relaxed and you take another posture. What is that? A defiant posture. What is that posture? Vivekananda posture. Yeah, like this, no. Vivekananda. I don't know why he does this and stands like this. I don't know. That's what we call a Vivekananda posture. Okay. In other words, I am not going to change. Some people, after a while, if they are really convicted, they become what we call as an acute angle. Some people become <laughs> obtuse angle. And some people remain right angle. Straight and stiff, we will not change. See, in Christian life, you know, the other day, Abigail came to me and she asked me, Daddy, what is mediocrity? I said, look it up in the dictionary. She went to the dictionary and she knows now how to go through the dictionary. Uh, Daddy, there's no mediocrity, but there's something called as mediocre. I said, what? Read it out. Mediocre means it is not good, it is not bad. I said, that's exactly what mediocre is. Is it good? No. Is it bad? No. What? Can you qualify it? No. That is mediocre. Are you good? No. Are you bad? No. Remember that uh, uh, so the professor who gave this very tough exam? Very tough exam. Very, very, very tough exam. Okay. And in the, in the examination class, all good students, 25 students were there in the class. Everybody was looking at each other. But one guy decided he's going to go on a war footing. He was taking additionals after additionals after additionals. Additional sir, additional sir, additional sir, additional sir. He wrote a volume. And the other fellows couldn't just get through two or three questions and they, they gave up and then after a few days the examiner, I mean the professor graded the, graded the exam. He had a bunch of, when he came to the class he had a bunch of answer scripts on one side and one bundle, one single bundle on the other side. And he looked at this entire class and he said, I'm going to give you the answer, uh, the, the marks for uh, this particular midterm exam, whatever. And everybody got zero, somebody got two zeros, and somebody got half a zero. But everybody necessarily ended up, ended up with a zero. You know, in some of the courses in IIT when we, were, when we were studying, if you get negative one, you will end up with a B. That is how professors used to grade me, okay? N- minus one, meaning you did well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, so after he finished distributing the entire exam, he said, I'm going to come to this bundle later on. He finished everything and then he looked at the bundle. And he said, who is this fellow? That guy stood up. Sir, it is mine. 
he looked at the answers and he said, these answers are not right. They are not even wrong. I can't qualify them as wrong. Can you tell me what you wrote? In other words, in the volume of the words, he was thinking somewhere the answer will strike. Somewhere the answer. Some one word over there, sir, you can cancel out every other word and, and give me marks for that one word because you saw it in the answer paper. You see? Neither good nor bad, that is mediocre. That is the reason why Jesus says, I would that you were either hot or cold. I know what you are, what, where do you stand. But the problem is, you are what? Mediocre, mediocre people I don't want. I want out. Understand this. Okay. We have, see, if you call him father, he says in First Peter chapter 1, if you call him father, who judges everyone impartially according to his works, live your time of exile on this side of eternity in fear. That's what it says. Okay. Put on. How do you put on? By changing the attitude of your mind. We'll come to that later on. Colossians chapter 3. It says, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, etc. Filthy language from your lips. Filthy language from your lips. Filthy language from your lips. In other words, no Sanskrit at home. Okay. Do not lie to each other since you have taken your old self with its what? Practices. You see that practice? <laughs> you are practicing very well. How to lie? How to cheat? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, all Gentiles are very honest people, okay? Very, very honest. I'll, I'll not mention who this is. I went to this person, a shop where I go to regularly to buy my Kirana stuff. Uh, he, was, he says, uh, sir, uh, there's a property here, here. Are you interested? I said, no, no, I'm not interested. No, sir, I know one person in from your colony only. An ex-cop. 1.5 crores, sir. He trusts me. He said, how does he trust you? Monday he gave me 50 lakh rupees notes in a bag and he asked me to go and make a deal for me. And he made the statement. He said, you are a chore, I am a chore. Both of you are chore, chore. And, we, I, and I trust you. And he's open. Open saying, I am a chore, sir. I'm a chore. He's a chore. We are all chore, chore. We trust each other. I said, I, I said, Baba, this guy, you know, is absolutely happy, you know. He's, he's so cool in his, in his misery. I mean, he's, I liked it. Christians are different, different, different. You know, it's like, you know, Judas, no? 50 rupees he stole once. After that, 100 rupees he stole. Jesus didn't say anything. 100 rupees he stole. Jesus didn't say Anything, 200 rupees, 300 rupees, 400 rupees, 1000 rupees. He was emptying nicely from the, from the tijori. Okay. Became a habit. And then one day he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Those people have hope. I am sure, you are sure, he's sure, we are all sure, sure. I like Baba. What a fantastic statement. I would we find such people in the church who will come and openly say I'm a chore. 
take off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Put on. 1 John chapter 3. That is the reason why it's a practice. Little children, be, let no one deceive you. He who, what? Practices. Everybody say, practices. 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 Practice makes? No, 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 no. Permanent. Okay. Practice makes permanent. Practice righteousness is righteous. Just as he is righteous. And he says, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Who does not, what? Practice righteousness. He is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. Therefore, put on. You know something? Being depressed is a practice. Yeah, it is a practice. Many people are depressed. Their face is always downcast. Why? No element of joy at all. Any time of the day. There is a constant costume they wear. Never in their life they are. I mean, you, you have to search for moments. And that day will be celebration only. Blue moon that day. What moon? Blue, blue moon. Isaiah chapter 61 talks about it. He says, the garment of praise for a what? Spirit of heaviness. Heaviness. Always heavy. Tensed. Face like this. Always. You know, my dad used to tell me, you know, he says, Vijay, apparel proclaimeth the man. Francis Bacon. Apparel proclaimeth the man, Vijay. What you wear tells you what you are. Face, and another thing he says, face is the index of a man. That's exactly the reason why he comes and comes to Cain and says, Ni moka Why is your face like this? Always downcast. Why? Why macha? I mean, you don't have one reason to feel happy. It's a habit. It's a habit, my dear brothers. Over a period of time, you have got used to this dress and you're so comfortable. It's like one, you know, you have one nice boil on your, on your hand. Initially, you will hate it. After a while, you love it. Why? Somebody who does like this. Ah, ha, 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 ha. So nice. I don't want the boil to go. Do you want to get well? 38 years. Do you want to get well? He has gotten used to that lifestyle now. He's put on that garment. And he's, he says, I'm absolutely fine. And he comes in. Some people here, some people there. Please get up, pick up your mat and walk. See. Habit. Habit, habit, habit. So what, what should you do with your habit? Understand this. Why is it important? Why am I saying, why, am, why did I bring the spirit over here? It's a spirit we put on. You see, it's a spirit. Yesterday, the pastor was talking about a, a personality behind everything. Look at what he says in James chapter 3. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from above, but it is earthly. And then what? Sensual. And the third one is what? Demonic. I'm not saying that you should always be hyper. That is also a habit. Okay. Understand. So let's come back now. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. Look at what it says. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. What happened to their senses now? Senses have been exercised. Okay. So 
What senses is he talking about? He's talking about the spiritual senses. Okay. First is what? Hearing. Second is what? Take tasting. Okay. Third is, oh sorry, first is hearing. Second is seeing. Third is speaking, touching, smelling. Five spiritual senses. We're not going to all of them. But where do we start first? We start somewhere. What is the starting point? Question number one. Answer. What? Repentance. That is what changing your... Repentance means what? Changing the way you think. Repentance. Foundation. There's a saying in Telugu. Ekkalaste, lekkalaste. What did I say? Ekkalaste, lekkalaste. What does it mean, Moshe? Translate. Do subtitles. If you know tables, maths and arithmetic is easy. If you know tables, that is the reason why we constantly keep telling our children, no, learn tables, learn tables, learn tables, get to know the numbers, have a relationship with them, etc. Why? Get a, become, become a, let it become a practice. So we start from the foundations. If you know the foundations of Christianity, what is the foundation? First foundation, repentance from dead works. That is the foundation. It starts there. Repentance. What is it? It is a practice of changing the way I think. What is it? What is repentance? It is a practice of changing the way I think. It is the foundation of Christian living. Changing, practicing to change the way I think. Because we are all set in our ways. We all have set patterns. One of the things we need to do is we have to start to think, uh, change the way we think. Practice of changing the way I think. Second Timothy chapter 2. We'll start there. We'll look at four ways of doing this. Four ways of doing this. Okay? Four or five ways. Okay? Let us look at it. Second Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves. Notice that word. Oppose. Who? Themselves is the King James Version. If God peradventure will give them repentance, you see that? God peradventure will give them what? Repentance. So who gives the repentance? Who's, repentance is a gift from God. And after that, gift has to be practiced. You have to make it better and better. To the acknowledging of the truth, that they may come to their, what? Senses. And escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. So let us see. What does genuine repentance achieve? It achieves five things. How many things? Five things. Let us see what, are the, what those five things are. First, you stop opposing yourself. What do you do? Oh, everybody repeat after me. Stop opposing yourself. Say that. Ah, we'll, uh, What does that mean? What does it mean to oppose yourself? Okay, we'll come to that. Then, second, you acknowledge the truth. Everybody say that acknowledge the truth. And then you come to your senses. The other translations will use, you will recover yourself. Okay? Then, fourth, you will recognize the traps of the devil. What? You will recognize the traps of the devil. And fifth, you will begin to do the will of God. Five. 
you will begin to do the will of God. You begin to do the will of God. Of course, it starts with the good, then it becomes the acceptable, and finally it becomes the perfect will of God. You start with the general, and you find the specific, and you become the best in the perfect will of God, in the specific will of God for your life. How does it start, therefore? It starts by stopping to oppose yourself. What does it mean to oppose yourself? We'll come to that. But in the, in the middle of it, you know, there are five things I, uh, I listed over here. What is in the center? What is, what is the middle one? Which is the middle one? Third, okay. Coming to your senses is a central thing. Okay, central. Coming to your senses. From coming to your senses, the moment you start coming to your senses, what will happen? You will begin to stop opposing yourself. You will begin to acknowledge the truth. You will recognize the traps of the devil. And fourth, you will begin to do the will of God. I'm sorry. This is, this is, this is, this is truth, okay. This is the doctrine there. Understand this. Very, very crucial. Why is it important to come to your senses? Because the moment you stop, start coming to your senses, you stop opposing yourself. You begin to acknowledge the truth. You, you recognize the traps of the devil. And fifth one, you begin to do the will of God. Now, as I said, we are all people of of habit. Now, let me ask you this question, therefore, what does it mean to stop opposing yourself? The first thing, what is opposing yourself? What does it mean? I'll give you an example. To oppose yourself, you oppose those who speak sound doctrine into your life. In opposing sound doctrine, you oppose yourself. What does it mean? I'll give you an example, okay? Everybody sees this? Okay. Somebody sees this? What is there there? I will tell you, this is one brand, that is the other brand, I marked it. What is written? Tobacco causes cancer. Tobacco causes cancer. Statutory warning. Nowadays, statutory warning come with graphics also. Because I go to my coffee shop there near our church office, no? There's a, exactly next to the coffee shop, generally in India, in, in Hyderabad. Irani chai, yeah. Gold flex cigarette, Usmani biscuit. This is the combination. Everybody knows, no? Everybody knows. Very, 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 very sharp. Okay. <laughs> Iran, Irani chai, Irani chai, gold flex cigarette, Usmani biscuit. Who are these fellows? The person who's smoking is a graduate from IIT. Who's he? Oh. Does he know? Does he see the statutory warning? Of course. Does he just see the graphic? You see, I didn't put the graphics because I didn't want to tension you, uh, cause you tension. Because the graphics are, you don't even want to see. In other words, if you smoke, this will happen to you. Nowadays, if you even watch movies, first three, three minutes, ah, Chandra knows very well, okay. She's not, yes, yes, uncle, yes, you're absolutely right. She's accustomed. <laughs> the first three minutes is what? It's an ad against what? Smoking. Those days I used to go to Sangeet Theatre just at least 20 minutes before the movie because I wanted to see the ads and the trailers. 50 rupees, huh? box office, uh, sorry, dressing circle and 75 rupees uh, balcony, huh? right? 75 rupees, macha, pocket money. So, so, so I used to go and watch, no, that those days there used to be an ad called with the cigarette in my hand, I felt like a man. The ad starts like that. And this guy is meeting all the CEOs. He's flying in the aeroplane. He's got a private jet. And he's got a fantastic lifestyle with a cigarette in his hand. 
And then over a period of time, he starts starts to cough and cough and cough, and then it becomes shriveled, etc. And then finally, it's the the the, the advertisement, advertisement stops with a cigarette in my hand. I knew I was a dead man. Do you see the statutory warning? Yes. Do you believe if you smoke, you will get cancer? Oh, of course. Do you stop? <laughs> no. No, no. Don't eat, you will surely die. Do you know? Yeah. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you should master it. Do you believe that? Yes. What will you do? No. Don't marry foreign women. Foreign women. They will turn your heart away from me. Will you do that? No. Do you believe that? Yes. What are you doing? You are following the dictates of your own heart. You are accustomed to do do evil. And in the process, you are opposing yourself. I mean, as well as Q&A was prophetic. Some of the words pastor was using, my wife was using with me. I said, how did he know all this? This is like the conversation between me and my wife. You should do not do the, you should do the things that you don't like. I spoke that to my wife somewhere. You know what? Husbands, love your wives. As Christ Jesus loved the church. Rule your homes. Rule your homes. What? Rule your homes. You are the spiritual head of the home. Do you believe that? Yes. But what do you do? Look who's talking. First get your house in order. That's that's like, that's the kind of language we'll use. I know. I know exactly what I have to do, but I will not do it because there is an instinct inside of me which will oppose myself. And that is the reason why when you repent, when you come to yourself, it is actually when you come to your senses, you are actually coming back to yourself. You are recovering yourself. You are being recreated into the image of the creator. Whose image you lost, not even lost, you marred because of the cancer of sin in your life. Husbands rule your homes. What do we do? Sirshasanam. Become yogi. What is Sirshasanam? Head down, legs up. That is how many homes are, unfortunately. Who rules your home, my dear brothers? Don't marry foreign women. They will turn your... But it says, he clung to them in love. It says, Solomon. He clung and he was the one, he said, the strange woman is like wormwood, sharper than a double-edged sword. None who take her paths will return, nor they regain the paths of life. That's what he said. And that's exactly where he failed. Because you know what he was doing in the whole process? He was opposing himself. He did not think that sin has consequences. Proverbs chapter 23. Who has a woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? 
Who has complaints? In other words, is your home full of oyo, oyo, oyo? Oive in, in, in Hebrew. You know, Hebrew is a very expressive language. Oive! Okay. I am undone. Very expressive. Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without a cause? In other words, you have hurts and nobody caused those hurts. You talk to somebody, they are very caustic in their speech. When you listen to them, what did I do to her? No, their nature is like that. They have to say something. Caustic. You know what caustic is, right? Alkaline. pH value greater than 7. Less than seven? Less than seven, right? Thank you. He's preparing for JE. So, <laughs> PH well, alkaline, caustic. You speak to them, my goodness. Sir, sir, sir. You have boils by the time they leave home. That is the reason why some, some, a man of God said, some people bring happiness wherever they go. Some people bring happiness whenever they go. Company, you know, how, sh- how should company be? When brothers come together, we don't want to leave this. That is how it should become. We don't want to leave this. That is the reason why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15, addicted to the brothers. That's a good addiction to have. Those who linger long at wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls smoothly. That is the reason one man of God said, beer is chilled first. And when it goes down your throat, it is thrilled. After that, you are billed. And then you go on the driveway and you are killed. And you know what? Everywhere you drive on the on the Highways of India, don't drink and drive. You go on the highways of Canada, huh? What is the symbol? DUI, punishment and un- punishable. What is DUI meaning? DUI means driving under the influence of alcohol. In Canada and USA, if you get an, if you get into an accident after that, finish. I mean, you you have to just car- collect your bits and pieces only. Crushed over such high speeds. Even your airbags will not save you. Swirls around smoothly. What does it do? At the last it bites like a serpent. What is it? It is the latter end. You see, there is a summer of sin. Summer of 69. Those were the best days of my life. After that comes the fall of sin. Oh, there's a spring of sin? Yeah, spring of sin. There's a summer of sin and there's a fall of sin and then comes the winter. You know what winter does to you, right? Not our winter. In India, there are only three weathers. Hot, hotter, hottest. Especially in Hyderabad. No winter. We, we call it winter. Oh, that's not winter. Hmm? We are still in the summer of sin. Every look, everything looks so beautiful and nice. Fall is coming. And then comes the winter. It's death all around. You cannot see one green leaf anywhere. It's death. 
At last, what does it do? It bites like a serpent. Stings like a viper. Your eyes will see what? Strange things. And your heart will utter perverse things. Have you seen brawlers? You you go to Kanaji Guda petrol bunk. After 8 o'clock in the evening, don't go there. You'll have brawlers all over. People getting drunk right there near the wine shop. And you have all these chicken shops there. I don't know why. Now I know why. Chicken shops, uh, tandoori chicken shop, uh, every other shop is there. Because they make their business. Lucifer wines. Your eyes will see what? Strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like the one who lies in the midst of the sea. Or like the one who lies in the top of the mast saying, They have struck me, but I am not hurt. They have beaten me, but I don't what? Feel it. I have lost all my senses. My spiritual sobriety is gone because I have been bitten by the serpent now. You lost yourself. You lost yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8, we know this. Who digs a pit falls into a hole. The first law of digging, stop digging. Sorry, first law of holes, stop digging. (laughs) What is the first law of holes? Stop digging. In other words, if you dig, you will fall. And whoever breaks through a wall will be what? Bitten by a serpent. That's exactly what, what sin does. It promises you a lot. But after that, it takes your very life. There's pleasure in season, in sin for a season, but the end of it is death. Therefore, come to yourself. Stop opposing yourself. Jeremiah chapter 2. Have you not brought this on yourself in that you have forsaken the Lord your God when he, when he led you in the way? You have brought this upon yourself. And let me tell you something. Your your entire process of redemption begins with the first step of taking responsibility for your situation and not pointing fingers. Why, why this has happened in my life? Because I brought this upon myself. I brought this upon myself. I am responsible. And that is the reason why he says... Take away the pointing of the figure, finger and then I will listen to you. Even your fasting will be acceptable in my sight. And now why take the road, of, road to Egypt to drink the waters of Sihor? Or why take the road to Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Your own wickedness will correct you and your own backslidings will do what? Will rebuke you. You brought this upon yourself. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and a bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God and the fear of me is not in you. You know what what happens after a period of time? You lost the fear of God. You don't care. I don't care. I don't care what happens to me. I will be the way I want to be. This is the life I have made for myself and I'm going to live it. Nobody is going to convince me out of this. Over. But you know what happens when genuine repentance happens? What will happen to you? First thing, you will stop opposing yourself. Stop opposing yourself. See, one of the things, you know, in in, in Sanskrit, on Telugu, I think it says, Swayam Kruta Aparadham. Swayam means your own. 
Kruta means work. Aparadham means sin. It is the work because I am responsible for this action. Swayam Kruta Aparadham. I am responsible. This is my own doing. The misery in my life is because of me. The debt in my life is because of me. The financial hole in my life is because of me. You begin to take responsibility for yourself and then you will stop opposing yourself. I'll give you an example. To understand this, 1 Samuel chapter 8. <clears throat> then, sorry. Oh, sorry. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like the what? Other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you for they have not rejected you. But whom did they, whom did they reject? They rejected me that I should not reign over them anymore. Okay. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly warn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over their lives. You know what, it, what the king will do? You remember? He said, this is what your king will do. He will tax your life out. That's exactly what uh, Solomon did. God divided the land into 12 tribes. You know what? how Solomon divided the land? Into 12 tax, tax districts. 12 tax districts. What was he doing? To support his lifestyle, he was taxing the people. And the people came to him and said, please, 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 remove these taxes and we will serve you forever. And then he said, you know what Rehoboam said? My little finger... You'll be thicker than my, my father's thigh. My father disciplined you with, with, with whips. I will discipline you with what? Scorpions. See, we all want the genius of Solomon. We don't know the other side of Solomon. See, this is what he's going to do. He's going to tax the life out of you. How many of you like to go to the income tax officer? One thing I hate, no? Oof. My goodness. And you look at your paycheck. Where is this gone? It's gone. And if you're a tax, you're a salaried employee, you're the only people who are paying tax. What are the Kirana shop doing? Dobichar, Hambichar, Chorchar. He taxed them out. And then what happens? And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourself and the Lord will not hear you that day. Nevertheless, the people refuse. In other words, we know what he's going to do. But we still want a king. We don't want Yahweh to be our king. What were they doing? They were opposing themselves. Honestly, how many of us oppose ourselves? When the word of God comes, I am not going to change, period. This is what I am. This is what I will be. 
we itakotas die hard i'm not going to change three 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 part movie no die hard one die hard two die hard three with a vengeance the people refused no but we will have king that we also may be like the other nations and our king may judge us and go before us and fight for us all our battles okay samuel heard you know what if you insist lord i want this the greatest judgment is god letting you have your own way that's the greatest judgment That's what he says. He gave them over to a what? To a debased mind. Over. Finished. I'm going to take my life, my hand out of you. What is a debased? Where does repentance happen? It it happens in the change of mind. What am I doing? I'm going to take away my hand from you. And you will be like Esau now. You will cry on that day with bitterness. Lord, master, don't you have one blessing also for me? No. Did you not know on that day when you sold your sold your birthright that you would be lo- losing this you very well knew it but for that one pot of stew dal lentil for all sambar lovers that one pot of stew you sold your birthright my dear brothers and sisters god is serious don't oppose yourself you know the words you know we like we tell our children also right don't go there don't run here don't drive so fast use the brakes you know what you know there was there's a there's a there was a very, very famous joke hey ma hey ma she's he was actually uh, learning the cycle hey ma hey ma mera haath bhi nahi hai mera haath bhi nahi hai meaning he was driving the uh, cycle without his without the, without holding the uh, handle master careful careful hey ma hey ma hey ma mera pair bhi nahi hai that means he took off his hands and he took off his legs also and he's trying to balance the cycle mother said be careful be careful be careful after that dish fall he gets up and he says hey ma mera daant bhi nahi hai gone what are you doing you're opposing yourself your hero or heroine Oh my goodness when the children begin to learn the bicycle they give me a heart attack no because it reminds me of my days oh i was a hero only woof mudguards lose the mudguards huge mudguards that tire used to go into the kitchen and it used to spoil my dress feel very nice blood all over all over learn that way and then one day the mudguard came off i was driving very fast near sangeet the mudguard came off broke the front wheel and i did a topple like this went on my hands broke this dislocated my elbow khatak it just came out of the out of joint like that so what do i tell my children now learn from me please learn from me don't oppose yourself i opposed myself and this is what happened to me my bones were crushed why do you want to do the same mistake if you are wise you learn from my mistakes <sighs> if you are not wise you will not learn from your own mistakes that's the plus of all 
heed the voice and make them a king. And everyone left. And what is the end result of this? They had a Saul who betrayed their trust. And look at what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 22. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Audulam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him and everyone who was in distress. Who caused the distress? The king whom you trusted caused the distress. Everybody who is in what? Debt. Who caused this debt? The king whom you trusted caused this debt. Everybody who was discontented, who caused this discontentment? The king whom you trusted caused this discontentment. Who caused this? 3D effect now, completely. Messed up in a three-dimensional space. Distress. You know what they did when they were in distress? You know what they did when they were distressed? They ate their own children. One mama said, today we will boil your daughter. Okay? Tomorrow we will boil my son. Okay? And when one fellow escaped, they went to the court. Distress. You know what it says in Second Timothy chapter 3? But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. What does that mean? Times of intense stress. Why? What men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. Who caused the debt? What is debt? That's what, right? A serpent bite? What does it mean? I told you already. You get into interest. You're paying interest and interest and interest, but it is not satisfying you. Debt increases exponentially. Who caused the debt? Who caused the distress? Who caused the discontentment? Your own choice. So my dear brothers and sisters, when you stop, when you start repenting, you know what happens? This is a daily process. You know something? You keep on coming to this knowledge of truth. Even as you come to the knowledge of truth, you know what you should do? Stop opposing yourself. Stop opposing yourself. You know, in the process of opposing the preacher, you're actually not opposing the preacher. That's what he says. They did not reject you, Sam, Samuel. They rejected me. And in the process of rejecting me, they, cre- they rejected the very source of life, which would give them deliverance. Biting the hands that fed them. That's the first step. When you come back to your senses, what do you do? Stop opposing yourself. Stop opposing yourself. Second, acknowledge the truth. Everybody say that. Acknowledge the truth. Acknowledge the truth about yourself. It is painful, but it is it's good. It is good. And you know, when you genuinely acknowledge yourself, you know it says, he came to his senses. Who came to his senses? Let's see. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. Who is this? The prodigal son. In Luke's gospel chapter 15 verse 14 onwards. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Who sent him to his fields and feed to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. It's so good no? Once in a while to go hungry. It's good. There's a direct correlation between stomach and senses. Spiritual senses. Honestly. Not joking. I'm telling you all young, young people, okay, young people, if you are crossed 20, you know, get into a lifestyle of, of fasting regularly, denying yourself, 
You know, we come to the generation where they indulge themselves and you should be out of that generation. You should be a generation who will deny themselves. Learn. Those days when we were upset with your parents, you were fasting. That was not fasting. That is going on a hunger strike. Lot of people go on a hunger strike with God because they didn't want, they didn't get what they uh, what they asked from God. No, we are not talking about hunger strike. We are talking about fasting. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And you know what happened? Next verse. Look at what. When he came to his senses, you know what the translations will use. When he came to himself, you know what? Now he stopped opposing himself. He came to his senses. Baba. Oh. My daddy. Daddy. Chepind chinapur manana. Chepind 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 is told and told and after that he was so frustrated and he just left me. After a while, what do you do? Once the children grow up, you keep on saying, 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 after a while he doesn't listen. What do you do? He came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned. You know, how did this confession come after he came back to himself and when he acknowledged the truth that he was opposing God, opposing his father and in the process of opposing God and opposing father, he was opposing himself. So stop that. You know, we all have the prodigal son in in some area of our life. Right? Do you agree or not? Where we are set in our ways. The thing is that we have still, the problem is that we have not come to the big pen. In those areas, at least. You know what Jeremiah chapter 3 will say? Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, return, backsliding Israel, says the Lord, I will not cause my anger to fall on you for I am merciful, says the Lord. We heard, we sang that song today, you know. I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. You know what it says? His anger is but for a moment. But his mercy is for a lifetime. That moment of anger is enough to scare us. And then it says, only, what is that? Only, 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 only what? Acknowledge your iniquity. Say, you know what? I sin. I sin. Only acknowledge your iniquity. That you have transgressed against the Lord your God. That is the reason why God loved this man David. You should read the Psalms to see the kind of knowledge that he had about God. And that knowledge is not automatic knowledge. This is experiential knowledge. The Lord is my strength. He's using those personal pronouns, isn't it? The Lord is my strength. You are my life. You are my strength. You are my fortress. You are my light. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the glory and the lifter of of my head. You see, this kind of a relationship that he has with God. And you read the Psalms and you will say, man, this man knew his God. He had that sweet fellowship with God. The sweet psalmist of Israel. Superb. You should read through the Psalms and you will enjoy it. And when you read through the Psalms, you will see every time David describing God. You know, when we fall in love with with somebody, you are like this, you are, your eyes are so beautiful. And this is how he describes God. He describes God. This description of God is so beautiful. And he says, how I love your law. <laughs> it is my meditation. Every day. 
all the time. Seven times. I praise you. Psalm 119 verse 164. Mark it in your Bible. 119 verse 64. What a beautiful verse that is. No, you don't have to, I mean, you can read it, you can mark it, you know, later on you can go and meditate. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. What you have done? You have scattered your charms to alien deities. And you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord. I am married to two, two relationships. Come back to the father and come back to your husband. Come back to the father. Come back to your husband. Come back. Come back. Come back to me. Acknowledge. Isaiah chapter 13. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. And you said, no, for we will flee on horses. We will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At a threat of five, you shall flee. What a turnaround, no? One will put a thousand to flight. (laughs) And one thousand will flee at the side of one. What a turnaround. So acknowledge. Acknowledge the truth. Acknowledge the truth and say, Lord. Whatever it is, no? When the word comes, this is what I was, Lord. For husbands, I was not a good husband, Lord. I'm not a good father. Lord, teach me. Help me to do things that I don't like to do. Help me not to resist it. Or at least help me to learn, teach my children to like the things that I like. (laughs) That's the easy way, okay. You see, help me. 1 John chapter 1, it says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. If we, have, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So come back. Come back. And then what, what do you do? Acknowledge the truth and continue to grow in truth. Just not acknowledge the truth, just continue to grow. How, do, how should you grow? Look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter 3. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I'm married to you. I will take you one from a tri- one from a city, two from a family, and will bring you to Zion, and I will give you what? Pastors according to my own heart. You see the, the pattern? Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Acknowledge the truth and continue to grow in truth by submitting yourselves to anointed teaching. Submitting yourselves to anointed teaching and anointed men of God. That is a pattern given to us in the new covenant. Submitting yourselves to anointed leadership and anointed teaching. Otherwise you will go astray, especially in these last days. Honestly, I'm telling you, one of the things that I see across the board I'm not talking about my church, our church. I'm so blessed. Every day I say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. You just gave us a church where we can be fed every day. And I don't want to take this privilege for granted. First time when I met Pastor James, I remember it was 2008 in the month of June. Not, uh, not met Pastor James, we went out for a luncheon together. Luncheon. I remember. You know what a luncheon is, right? He paid the bill. Okay. <laughs> it was a fantastic luncheon. We were having a discussion. And I said, Pastor, I was one, the first book I read when I 
came back to the Lord was Jeremiah. And you know what? Jeremiah 3.15 I will give you pastors after my own heart. I said, Pastor, I'll be the part of the church. Maybe we were going through a crisis at the time as a church. Because I know God has given me a pastor after his own heart. And from then on, 14 years. And hopefully, we'll continue. You see? And we never take this for granted. Never, ever, ever. This privilege is a holy privilege, my dear brothers. Sometimes, you know what? It's like, you know, throwing pearls before swine. We don't appreciate the value of holy things. Because we've been overfed sometimes. You have to go to some other places and you'll see, my God, what do they feed on? I will give you pastors after my own heart. Return. Continue to be under anointed teaching. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 13. Obey. Everybody say obey. Obey those who rule over you. Say that everybody. Amen. Okay. Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive. Everybody say that. Be submissive. Okay. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that will be what? Unprofitable for you. Obey. Romans chapter 6. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you, everybody say that, obeyed. How? Ah, From the heart. From the heart. From this new heart. That form of doctrine to which you have been delivered to. Meaning, your doctrine controls your life. In other words, you are totally controlled. Every decision that you make from the beginning of every day as to how to spend the first moments of your day begins with doctrine. Is, 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 is in control of the teaching that you have received, that you have received every day. And having been set free from sin, you become what? Slaves of righteousness. So first thing, stop opposing yourself. Second thing, acknowledge the truth and continue to grow in it by obeying. And then, recognize the traps of the devil. What is that? Recognize the trap. And the greatest trap of the devil is offense. What is that? Offense. Biggest trap. Offense and pride goes together. Biggest trap. I'm telling you, my dear brothers, if you are not offended, you are blessed. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus said, blessed is the man who is not offended because of me. Why, why, why were people offended with Jesus? Not because of what he did. Is what he said offended them. That was a teaching. They couldn't receive it. They liked the blessings of Jesus. And the healings and the miracles and everything. And the signs. But his teaching? No. Oh, this is too tough. Recognize the traps of the devil. The traps, the traps, the traps. First is offense. Second is condemnation. You know what the word devil means? You know that, right? First is great dragon. Second is what? Serpent. Third is? Devil means what? Accuser. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore what? Now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What? Everybody say that. Who? Hey, you see that again? The walk comes there. It's a practice. Who do not walk according to the flesh. 
but according to the spirit. No condemnation. And the, that, that, that's one of the one of the biggest traps of the devil. Is he comes and brings accusation and condemnation. He says, you know what, you're good for nothing. You think God will accept you after that? You, after you have done such a terrible crime, you should be like Micah. Rejoice over me, not no more, my enemy. I have confessed my sin to God, and He will bring my righteousness like a new, noonday sun. He will plead my cause. He will bring my justice because I don't rely upon my own justice. I rely upon my own righteousness. I rely upon the righteousness of God. Therefore, no condemnation. And the second one, not a novice lest be puffed up with pride. What is the second one? Pride. Pride is a big trap. Trap. It is called the snare of the devil. Condemnation of the devil. What was Lucifer's biggest problem? Pride. Pride, pride, pride. So what should you do? What should you do? What should you do? Excuse me? Uh, see, when we were talking about accustomed, right? What does accustomed mean? To put on. So what should you do? Ah, look at what it says in First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your, elder, to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be what? Clothed with humility. Put on the humility. Get accustomed to becoming humble. It is a practice. Every day you have to humble yourself by stopping to opposing to, by stopping by stopping to oppose yourself opposing yourself for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble and then it says therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you he will exalt you you know remember that song humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord hand he will lift you up higher and higher and higher the path higher is to go lower as direct prince would say no Exalt you, casting all your cares upon you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. Okay, so, what is that? What is that? Put on humility. Put on humility. Understand the snare. You know, wherever you get offended, understand there's a trap there. Right there, there's a trap. And you know what the trap is? The moment you get offended, you know what you begin to trust in? See, all these things I have have done, he's not even acknowledging these things and he's saying, you know what? This is wrong in my life. What do you do? You become what we call as self-righteous. That is the second, third trap. First is offense, second is pride, third is what? Fourth trap actually. Offense, Condemnation or accusation. Third is pride. Fourth is what? Self-righteousness. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 13. Look at what it says. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live. Why are you righteous? Not because of your unrighteousness. It is because God gave you his righteousness. But he trusts in his own righteousness. And he commits iniquity. None of his righteous acts shall be remembered. Because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall (laughs) die. He will lose his peace with God. That's what death is. Okay, so first thing, what did I say? Stop opposing yourself. Second is, what is that? Acknowledge the truth. Third is, recognize the traps of the devil. And finally, the fourth one, 
Understand the will of God for your life. Understand the will of God for your life. The fourth one and the final one or the fifth one is, of course, we are talking at the census part. And the fourth one is understanding the will of God. In other words, you have developed your spiritual senses and you know exactly what you what you have to do in the body of Christ. You know precisely what your place is in the body of Christ. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, <clears throat> Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I come in the volume of the book that is written, written about me to do your will, O God. And in order to understand the will of God and in order to give your body first thing that has to, be, that has to happen in your life progressively is that your ears have to be opened. Psalm 40. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. My ears you have opened. In other words, you become sensitive. More and more sensitive. You keep on practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. You know what happens after a period of time? You know, our sportsman is here. Uh, What's his name? Cricketer Pranit. You know what he does when he has, uh, trains his uh, children to, for fast bowling? They have a bowling machine. See, he'll say, you know what, I'm going to give you 120 kilometers per hour. But he will adjust the meter to 130 kilometers per hour first. The ball is coming at such fast speeds. And you know what happens? After a period of time, that fellow is able to train. He knows he's able to preempt shots. Why is Rohit Sharma one of the most prolific batsmen? Because he has got so much of time on hand in one second. In one second, he has so much time. Because he trained his mind, he can he can judge the length of the ball and smack it to a six. That is the reason why he's called Hitman. Practice, practice, practice. And the way he times the ball, when he times the ball, it's bye, bye, baby. Six only. What, what timing? It's like a joy to watch him. Everybody's struggling. And this guy, full shot. And he's got a nice punch he's got. I'm sorry, sometimes I wonder if this fellow is not as fit as Kohli. Yes, nice punch. Like Ranatunga. Remember Ranatunga? Arjuna Ranatunga. 1996 World Cup. With his pot belly. How he used to run. It's a practice. My ears you have opened. Practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. I'll tell you something. Now when I listen to the word, I'm not boasting, okay? When pastor just gives me one verse, right? I get at least 15 to 20 verses. One one shot. A, a series of verses I get. And we have discussions, you know, and we, we speak to each other once the class is over. It's amazing. You know why? Practice and practice. Heard and heard. Sometimes I know exactly what he's going to say in the next moment. Not just next moment, next five verses. I heard. I heard so many times. Lord God, they were struggling last time on uh, Sunday because in they were searching for that word in Telugu. I said, Prabhu, because I know where he's going. Exactly. Because heard so many. That's exactly what happens even as you hear God more and more and believe and obey and believe and obey. By constant practice, you'll be able to discern the voice of God just like that. Sensitive ears. Your ears will be constantly open. Do you want that open here? Do you want it? What? 
do the will of God. That's the reason why he says, if anyone wills to do his will, he will know the doctrine. Okay. You believe and you will see, not see and then you will believe. No. You hear and you obey and you do it. And if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Okay. Isaiah 15. The Lord has given me the tongue of the disciples so that I may know to sustain the weary one with the word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple from the word which we get the word discipline. Now he was accustomed to doing evil. Now he's accustomed to doing and hearing the voice of God because of constant practice. He knows exactly to discern the voice of God. And like yesterday now, that man of God, he knows how to uh, discern the voice of God because God calls him in a strange word. Magane? Wow. Amazing. That is the relationship that you can have with God. Because God is living, my dear brothers. You will be able to hear the voice of God. And I'm not talking about out of my head. I'm honestly talking from, from experience. You will hear. You will hear. In your spirit, there will be a assurance that God has spoken to you. You can have it. You can have it. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Though he was a son, yet he, what? Learned. How do you learn? Through practice. Obedience through the things that he suffered. I have so many things to say to you. (laughs) But the time is short. So how do we get back to him? You say, Vijay, I want to come back to God. Yes, I rejected the voice of God. I asked for a king. And now I'm in distress. I'm in debt. I'm I'm discontented. You know, there's an answer to every problem. And that is the word of God. David, therefore, departed from there and escaped and came to the cave of Adullam. I love that word. What does Adullam mean? It comes from two Hebrew words. Justice of the people and the justice of Yahweh. In one word. The people judged Jesus and condemned him to be a criminal. And where did they put him? In a tomb, in a cave. But what did God do? He raised him from the dead. And he said, you know what? My son is justified. He never sinned. He raised him from the dead. Come to him this morning. And the same God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, you know what he's going to do? He's going to give you the same spirit and he will quicken your mortal body so that you will obey him. That's a promise. That is a promise. And after you obey him, this is what David has to say to those people who come to him. 400 people who join him. This is the exhortation for all of us before we stop today. Verse 23. Let's read it. Stay with me. Do not fear. He who seeks my life, seeks yours also. But with me, 
you shall be safe. That is your promise. The world hates you because they hated me. But be of good cheer for I have overcome this world and with me you will be safe. Do not fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. So four things. Stop opposing yourself. Second, acknowledge the truth. Third, what? Humble yourself and clothe yourself with humility. Recognize the traps of the devil. And fourth thing, understand the will of God by submitting yourself to obedience. You know what happens? God says, you will be safe with me. Everywhere else there will be total unrest, but with me you will always be safe. You will always the safest place to be is in the will of God. The safest place for David was to be in the battle of God. The safest place for you and I is to be joined in the battles of God and there no attack of the enemy will touch you. So come back to him this morning. Come back to him this morning. Don't become sensual anymore. Say, Lord, make me spiritual. Shall we all stand this morning and shall we all pray? Mm. see never take any word for granted and the words of God are you know what the simple obedience are first in simple simple things they are not difficult things and that is the reason why we don't obey we think that it's a small thing God doesn't care but actually God cares That is the reason why he tells the servant, because you are faithful in little things, I can make you ruler over many things. In the little things. For for husbands, who heard yesterday's uh, (laughs) Q&A, spend time with your children. It's simple, isn't it? Play with them, simple. But we make it complicated. Simple things. Little, little, little things. And you know what? Even as you progress, God will give you more and more. You will, you will have the freedom in your, you will enjoy and begin to enjoy God more and more because you will have this close relationship with God. God says, you know what? He's having obedience. You know what? I will give him more. And that is the reason why he says, he who has my commandments has me. He who has my commandments. Do everybody have his commandments? Not everybody. Only few. He who has my commandments has me. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father. All of us, oh Lord, we are in this journey. And Lord, we are people who are given over to the senses of the soul and of the flesh. But Lord, we want to turn, awaken our senses. And Lord, we know, Father, from today we heard the proof that we have been awakened to our senses is that we will stop opposing your work in our lives. As you said to Saul on the way to Damascus, you you told him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And so many of us, if not all of us, some of us over here, oh Lord, are kicking against the goats and the probings of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, they will surrender. We will surrender today and say, Lord, we will stop opposing ourselves this morning, oh Lord. We will stop opposing ourselves this morning. We will stop opposing ourselves. And we will acknowledge the truth. 
And we will escape the traps of pride and self-confidence and self-righteousness in our lives. And offense and condemnation. Because with you there is no condemnation. There is only conviction. And by doing so, we will give ourselves wholly to the will of God. To the general and even as we progress in our obedience to the specific will of God for our lives. And therefore I pray Lord, open our senses this morning. Do a work in the lives of your people. Thank you, Father. And even as we go into the next week, O Lord, lead us, guide us in the, in the way of everlasting life. Enable us not to turn to the left or to the right from the, from the way that you have shown us. Enable us to walk with you. To that end, I pray that you would bless us. Commit all of us into your hands. Breathe the blood of Jesus over every one of us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Empower us to obey and to experience your freedom in our lives. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray and all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen.